Welcome to the show that's for all things sports and only sports. You believe in miracles? Yes! High fly ball into right field. She is gone! Each week, Dan and Drew break down sports' biggest moments and best action. Pass is intercepted at the goal line. Oh my God! Davis is going to run it all the way back! This is... The Dan and Drew Show. There it is. A win for the ages. Here are your hosts, Dan and Drew Walker. Man, was that... Did that not just give you chills? I love hearing our new audio, especially Vince Scully. High fly ball to right field. Oh, I love listening to it. Classic moments. But if you guys listen to our new intro... We try to incorporate kind of the best soundtracks within sports, all of sports, because guess what? Dan, this is a all sports show now. Yes. Not just football. Yes. We got a new name, new logo, and more sports. It's so nice because, you know, with football season was coming to an end, it transitioned perfectly for us. This is actually something we have been discussing for weeks, actually probably months. Yeah. So the, finally we are here. And before we get started, Drew, happy birthday. Yeah, it is. It's our birthday. We are young spry chickens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've been out of the egg for a while now, but hey, it is our birthday, March 11th. Thank you guys for joining us to kind of touch upon. You said that this has kind of been in the works for the past couple months. It has. Mm-hmm. If you guys don't follow us on social media, you should. It's the Dan and Drew show. That's it. That's the tagline. No more confusing like podcast pigskin yeah. pod, you know, pigskin podcast. None of that stuff. It is the Dan and Drew show. On Twitter, Instagram, Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, mm-hmm. everything. We have our new logo, which honestly, I think is fire. I know. And, you know, I ask people about it because, you know, before we release, I'm like, does this look like us? And like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that looks like you guys. So we're very pleased with with the logo and then our audio. I mean, yeah, just- we got a new intro, Ooh. outro, got some bumper stuff. It's exciting, but it has been in the works for a while. And when this podcast started, I actually let Dana listen to a little bit of when in the podcast was just me. It was weird because you're literally just having I'm, a conversation I'm with yourself. Talking to myself and it does not sound that good. But we're here and a couple months later, I said, hey, Dan, you should join me. I don't want to just be talking to myself in my own room with my own podcast equipment. Come alongside me. He thought it was only for an episode. I did. Turns out it's actually been a couple months and now we're transitioning into something even bigger. We are trying to include as many sports as we can because we love sports. We're not just football people. And it's even, you know, for me, I'll be honest, there are some sports that I am passionate about. There are some that I have a pretty good recollection and some I need some learning. So this is a great podcast for even those of you out there who have really diehard sports that you care about. And for some, you may have an idea of how it works. This is a great podcast because we do a generalization on a lot of different things and we'll go in depth in some subjects. So we got a big variety here uh, with the sports that we have to, to discuss each and every week. It's going to be a fun-filled, packed episode. Now, we're going to try to be consistent as far as the time slot. We know a lot of you guys are huge into podcasting, and we only produce one episode a week. But we also don't want to be here for a couple hours for you guys because we want to be mindful yeah. of your time. We do appreciate it. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter again, The Dan and Drew Show. But let's, let's kick off the show, Dan. There's a lot of news going around the league. Especially like, NFL. No, which league? Yeah. That, uh, that you know, which league? Which yeah. league? It's not which just football. Got to be specific. Skirt. Uh, so, but let's talk specifically. Well, let's wait for the NFL because, you know, let's let's get some new sports involved right now. 
let's talk about soccer. You're you're someone okay. that's you're you're a soccer fan, but I I, I really mm-hmm. enjoy soccer. Just a couple of things to start out the episode. Juventus, they lost to FC Porto. They didn't advance with an aggregate loss. Juventus, in my opinion, has gotten worse since Cristiano Ronaldo decided to leave Real Madrid. That's going to be scary for them going forward. I think Juventus maybe needs to reevaluate, hey, should, should we keep Ronaldo or should we get rid of him? Because when we talked about the GOAT episode, what did I say the difference between Ronaldo and Messi? Well, you said Messi was a. a I said he was the goat. goat. You yes. said he was the goat. But as far as how they're playing characteristics, well, it, so Messi how, what has I said, more wins. Does he, yes, but know. I'm but I'm specifically saying is Messi makes anybody and and everyone around okay. him better. Okay, so Where, he elevates the talent around him, which is the sign of a true goat. Yes, when they raise everyone else. But Cristiano capacity. Ronaldo, I feel like he first of all he's not playing like he did when he was at Real Madrid. That's by far, it's it's a contrasting you know drop off. I don't think Juventus is better since he's gotten there. I think they've actually regressed, and they're not really not that competitive. You cannot lose to FC Porto, and I understand that they're as as a team they're getting better than themselves. But Juventus is come on, that, that's a top five world team if you think about, especially in in Serie A or the you know the Italian league. But I also, for me, being a fan of Bayern Munich, look, I love Bayern. Dan and I, when we watch when we watch the World Cup, what country aside from USA are we supporting? Germany. Germany, Deutschland. So I, I'm a huge Bayern fan. I see them winning the Champions League again this season. They won it last season with the COVID-shortened season, but they they might not be playing better than they were last year, but they are scary good and they defend well. And the only two teams I can see right now, as you know, the Champions League progresses to the next round, the only two teams that I can see even competing with them are Man City, they're first in the EPL with 65 points, and then Atletico Madrid, they're first in La Liga with 59 points. Those two are, in my opinion, going to give Bayern a run for their money. But I still think that Bayern is going to repeat as champions because they are so young, they're so athletic, they they play extremely well within the system. But to reiterate, as far as the beginning of what I said, Juventus might need to move on from Cristiano Ronaldo. So before we move on, you know, you talked about the World Cup. These are a great two years for sports. We have the Olympics this year. Mm-hmm. And then next year we have more Olympics because, and the World Cup. Because last year's Olympics got pushed to pushed, this year. Yes. So we have two straight years of Olympics and the World Cup. Oh, it's so good for sports. <laughs> yes. And you mentioned the Olympics. So, yes, we're going to have the Olympics this year and next year. Who hosts the Olympics? What broadcasting system hosts the Olympics? It's always NBC. NBC. And what news just broke two days ago with NBC and the NHL? Well, if you follow NHL, everyone knows NBC is the main network, the home network for NHL. And now we discovered earlier NBCSN, the sports network, is going to be shuttering. Yeah. And now, two days ago, we discovered that ESPN is going to be taking at least half of the games next season. They just signed a seven-year deal. ABC slash ESPN mm-hmm. just signed a seven-year deal with NBC, and they're going to be hosting four Stanley Cups. Well, finals. Finals. That's that's what I mean. This is a gigantic loss for NBC. I get that they own the Olympics. You alluded to it. But losing this is a massive deal for them. I spoke to it. I spoke to friends, including you, Dan, that ESPN, as soon as we heard that, that NBC was going to have some issues with maybe, you know, broadcasting the mm-hmm. NHL, 
ESPN needed to jump on this right away, yeah, exactly. and they did. And and I think it was a hundred percent right on their on their part because again they have ESPN mm-hmm. and all those networks. So like ESPN U News, even though we know it's really not news, it's just an overflow of showing sports. So they have all of their their cable networks now. They have ESPN Plus. Yeah, they have ABC. And they have all the networks like ACC Network, all those that they have. Yeah. In addition to, oh, it's owned by Disney, which also has Disney Plus and they own Hulu. So the conglomerate that is Disney was right for the picking for hockey. I'm so glad. Look, ESPN, let's let's admit, they don't spend a lot of time on hockey. They don't. If at you all. if you look at it's a lot of NBA and football and baseball and especially hockey get relegated to, you know, third or fourth class. This is great to see that this uh, network has decided to pick up at least half of the rights for the NHL for the upcoming season. There are multiple platforms. I think with NBC, really the only avenue that they have, because they said they may do some games on USA Network and CNBC. Boring. CNBC is a money network. Why, Why on earth would you put NHL on there? I know they sometimes do it for the Stanley Cup finals, but no. Peacock, their streaming service, is probably going to be their avenue but I don't, I don't want to pay for another streaming service. I, I don't either. And, and I think the, I guess the organization or league that takes the biggest blow to this is probably college sports because I believe ESPN is going to put priority over hosting college sports. There's nothing against certain sports, but I question where ESPN comes in and sets up broadcasting schedules. Why is this sport or this team getting precedent over? You know, well, a major league team. But I think that's why it's great that they have multiple. They're, they really are ESPN Ocho now. We know that was a joke with uh, the underdog dodgeball story. But they really are an Ocho with the amount of cable <laughs> networks they have. Yeah. And ESPN Plus. Uh, you watch a lot of lacrosse. Most of your games are on ESPN Plus. Well, ESPN can, Plus or sometimes ACC Network. Sometimes even there, I'm like, why are we seeing uh, another sport that's on the bottom tier of even when it comes to lacrosse. And I'm worried that, and I, you know, ACC network is obviously the college Avenue of ESPN. I might even be a little worried because they might start pushing basketball games, college basketball games there. And then knocking lacrosse over because now where college basketball is, is going to be replaced by hockey. I, I, you know, I love sports. So me seeing hockey on TV, I'm cool with, I just don't want my very, passion of lacrosse to not be broadcast at all that's just what i think that's the that's the benefit of having a streaming service because i don't think that they have to give up covering hockey excuse me i don't think they have to give up covering lacrosse for the sake of hockey yeah you know the, the hockey is a professional league so that's its own entity it's not like uh espn's like okay well we have a broadcast crew at this low level d3 school for lacrosse we're going to transition them to the National Hockey League. I, I don't think that those two yeah. are, you know, mutually exclusive in, in that they have to give up one broadcast to do another. But if you love hockey as much as we do, this is great uh, to have at least half of the games on ESPN. They had them years ago. I think 2007, 2008 was the last time ESPN had hockey uh, when they actually hosted uh, Stanley Cup games on e- ABC. But in my notes, I did I did ask myself, am I a fan of it? I only am a fan if they actually show games and not just the same teams. Grow the game, play other teams too. When we see, when we only see like well, Chicago and Pittsburgh and well, Boston a, a and New York example, teams. When they did the um, 
Lake Tahoe series in late February, one matchup was Boston and the Flyers. Well, that's great because, you know, Boston and the Flyers have been around for a while, but how are you going to grow the game if you consistently have the same teams on the ice for these outdoor series games? And and what's within that is you are now putting two teams in there that aren't even on that same time zone. You have an East Coast team playing in near the West Coast-ish. It is West it's, Coast, it, Nevada and, and between California yeah, so and Nevada. Th- that is irritating too. I understand the business aspect because you have these networks and, and they, they're bidding for for commercial spots and they obviously don't want to put their commercials with the team like right now, the Nashville Predators and, and the Detroit Wed Wings. No one wants to watch that right now. So I can understand, but these deals are also done well before the games even mm-hmm. come out. Well, Lake Tahoe was uh, was circumstantial because of COVID. That weekend was supposed to be the Carolina Hurricanes hosting their outdoor um, stadium series. Yeah, we were going to be at that. God, I was, man, it's going to be next year or the year after, but we'll be there eventually. But yeah, it was quite a bummer that we weren't able to go. Now, Tom Wilson, he ended up getting a seven-game suspension mm, for his... My, how the turntables. Yeah, my, my, how the turntables have turned. That's an office reference, one of our favorite shows. He got a seven-game suspension for his hit on Bruins' Brandon Carlo, who is still out with injury. Still out. Mm-hmm. I He absolutely deserved this suspension. 100%. He's a repeat offender. I was watching this game with my wife, and I said, "This the, the frustrating thing about Tom Wilson is not only is he an enforcer, a talented fighter, he's also good at hockey. I mean, <laughs> that that's what – I just yeah. be honest. And, and yeah. you can take his dirtiness aside – He's not just a tough guy. You need to take punches. He plays solid hockey too. And I think that's what makes Tom Wilson so frustrating as a fan because you have people out there who are enforcers. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the league has evolved though. They're not mm-hmm. like they used to be where, they, you know, they're fourth line guy only getting, you know, six, eight minutes on the ice. And and that's what he's on the roster for is to be that instigator to kind of chirp at people to get under the skin of the opponent. But, he, but he's also good at hockey. As for yeah. someone... With his, um, I don't know, persona or someone with his grit to have the skill that he does, you know, provide for Washington as well, it's unique. But he 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 deserved the seven game suspension, and I love that a reporter asked Ovechkin, "Hey, do you think he deserves it?" And he's like, "No, of course he doesn't deserve it." Well, what is Alex Ovechkin <laughs> supposed to say? Yeah, he he deserved it. You know, he he that, had that dirty hit on on Brandon Carlo. Um, yeah, like what are you supposed to say? That is a prime example. Of stupid questions. Of stupid questions yeah. in sports. I hate those kind of questions. It's like after uh, an athlete plays a game, say they win the game, what does it feel to win? I don't know. <laughs> what are they going to say? Oh, you know what? I, I You know what? I'm tired of winning. I mean, yeah. like, what athlete is going to give you a negative response to what does it feel like to win? Or, or if they lose, you know, how are you feeling? Oh, well, I'm ecstatic. You know, I just, I went in there. Like, those are stupid sports questions. Just like the stupid stats that I talked I've talked about before. There, there's a. I saw something on Instagram. It was a sports thing. And I should have screenshot it. Oh, well, let me look at my phone real quick. Make sure I don't have it. But it was funny. It brought up your point as far as these stupid stats, and it just made me think of you right away. I don't have it. Uh, I don't have it. But it was funny. An Instagram post. <laughs> the headline was like "stupid stat of the day," and they they posted this stat. It was in regard of um. I, I got one for you. But you can go. No, ahead. no, I, I don't remember. I, was I just got it because you. I sent this to to Drew and a friend. And this is I'm going to give credit. You know, give credit where credit's due. 
NFL on CBS said, Since 2017, only two quarterbacks have accumulated 40-plus wins, 17,000 pass yards, and 100 pass touchdowns. Tom Brady and Jared Goff. What? How? <laughs> Impressive. Thank you so much for cherry-picking that stat to make you look better. <laughs> that, that, what, who's, who's Googling that right now? Man, I wonder who has... 18,000 passing yards. An intern Who has a 65% completion percentage. Who has 50 passing touchdowns and only six interceptions. Nobody is doing that. It's the off season. This is why we're talking about more sports. Because the the NFL is in in a lull period. We'll get into them a little bit as far as transition tags. We get that teams. Because Dan, he said this the other day. He said, I'm so tired of seeing the Arizona Cardinals tweet J.J. Watt. And I said, Dan, they're they're trying to get interaction. Yeah, they're this milking is, it. Yeah. They're, well. They they need to milk JJ Watt because one, he's a huge acquisition, but they have nothing to talk about. So that's why they're continuing to tweet out the same things and, and do these stupid stats. It's a it's a little hard, it's a soft topic for Dan though. Yeah. Dan Dan does not like stupid, stupid stats. questions and stupid stats. Please, yeah, please don't. Hey, but you know what you can't fix? Stupid. stupid. You and I love golf. Yes, we do. You just went actually, golfing. Well, I, I did actually, this past what, yeah, you did, I, I did this, this past, past Saturday. Weekend, uh, but you know, I, I'm left-handed, so I live in a right-handed world for my fellow lefties out there. They know my plight. Everything is made not for us. So going golfing with people uh, can be a little more difficult because you, you know, can't share clubs. I can't. I can't share clubs. So hey, but I'm not. I'm going again this Saturday. So I will keep you updated on that. On how that you goes. could hit left-handed with right-handed clubs and probably still hit better than a lot of our friends who do with their right hand. Yeah. They, they they are some bad golfers. I'm not bad. I drive pretty well, but as far as whole my short game, like as far as chipping, mm. not so good. But we love golf. Yes. And this past weekend took place the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Wow, oh, what was that? That again? Invitational. Speaking. Maybe this should be a what? this should be a speaking podcast. <laughs> I have a hard problem with speaking. But anyway, skating. Yeah. Uh, the very well, thing that we're doing, <laughs> we're literally only talking, and you have the problem with the one thing hey, we're doing. I'm progressing. Listen to episode one if you really want to know how far we've come. Bryson DeChambeau took home the trophy with a minus 11. He ended up edging out Lee Westwood, who hit a minus 10, so just a stroke behind. I do love, though, that Bryson DeChambeau is... I love his gameplay, to first. First and, of all, his memory is freaking ridiculous. Yeah, he, he can memorize anything. He doesn't even carry a stroke playbook. He just memorizes every stroke and even the his pairing mates. What I enjoy about his game is he's not afraid to attack the ball and use his strength to put him in a better position. And what I mean by that is so since college, everybody knows if you have followed Bryson DeChambeau for a while, he was a little scrawny kid yes, in college. Mm-hmm. And especially since COVID, he's put on 20 pounds of muscle, but he's gained 40 pounds since college, which in return has translated into his average drive being more than 18 yards mm. since 2019. That is wild. I do, however, I do have a bone to pick with him. Is I hate how his, his slow play. Uh, players hate it too, uh, it, but it's been working for him. And and he if, gets mad with people about that too. Well, my funny thing is when when um, Brooks Kepka had a play uh, behind him. It was a couple of years ago, and I think it was in the when Sean, when uh, Shane Lowry won it, and he was frustrated with Bryson DeChambeau. He's like, look. He spends forever and he doesn't do his routine or whatnot. I don't trying to say that. He doesn't do it until it's his turn to hit the ball. Till his turn to approach it. And Bryce or Brooks Kepka was like, This is ridiculous. This is taking way too long. Yeah. That's what frustrates a lot of players with him is is how long he takes 
but he's been winning lately. It's kind of like watching David Price pitch. <laughs> Just, oh, yes. That's oh why David gosh. Price is the sole reason why the MLB needs to have a pitch clock. So the invitation was this past week. Today, Thursday, actually starts the Players' Championship. Yes. And then today is also, a, we are literally a month away from the final round of the Masters. So this is a great month for golf. I'm so excited. Golf is, uh, I, and I understand there's some people out there that don't like golf. If you don't like golf, and I used to be one of those people, yeah. So, and I, and I think what will change your perspective if you don't like golf, go go play. Like, and I'm not talking about you know like Drive Shack or Top, or Top golf. golf. I'm not talking about that. Even though you could, and I'm not talking about putt putt. That's for sure. <laughs> go play a round of golf. Go find your cheapest in the area. You know, nine or eighteen holes. You can you rent can even equipment. Go to a driving range. Go to oh, ah, even you could go to a driving range, but it's better when you're on the course. Yeah, and I think you'll have a greater appreciation if you actually play the game. And I enjoy playing it, but I love watching it. The Masters, the Masters, have you seen their app when they, when they do have the Masters? Yeah, I watched it last year. Their in, app in, is in November. Ins- their app mm-hmm. is better than any app I've ever used in yeah. anything across the board. The, the holes you can watch, the pairings you can see, it's incredible. And I love watching Amen Corner, one of the most difficult holes in golf. It's, it's, one it's a joy to watch. Holes one of the most famous golf. holes. But back to the Players' Championship. Again, starts today on our birthday. Playing in Ponte Verda Beach, Florida. Have you seen this golf course? Yes, it's so this, beautiful. This is one oh of the nicest gosh. golf courses I've ever seen. Obviously, I haven't been to it. But as far as pictures, you know, pictures always look better. Roy McIlroy, he's the defending champion in this tournament. Now, in 2020, this tournament was canceled. So, we're they kind of a year removed of this. I have to ask you this, Dane. Do you think he's going to repeat, though? Roy McIlroy. Uh, there's a possibility, but I think it's more so No. We got young talent, you know, Tony Finau is, is really good. Colin Morikawa, I love watching him. Yeah, he's got a great story too, but I encourage you to listen to it. And, and the thing you said more often than not, as far as Roy McIlroy being able to repeat, I don't think he's going to either. In his last nine tournaments, the best that he's finished was fifth at the Masters. Younger players are getting better. He's kind of regressed. And I know that before the Jordan Spieth era, Roy McIlroy had a, a tremendous career. We were like, oh, man, this guy's the next great golfer. And he's kind of regressed. And same with Jordan Spieth. I think players now are kind of being, you know, one, two, three years really good at the top of the game, speaking of Brooks Kepka as well. And then they eventually trickle off. That's because golfers are getting better. They're they're not like they used to be in the late 90s and early 1000s with yeah. Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. That, that, those times have come and gone. It's hard. And I think... You know, right now, I really like Dustin Johnson here. And I know he's, you know, he placed fifth last time when they played in this tournament. He's number one in the world right he now. Won the Masters. Won the Masters. Like, why not him? And he's playing really good golf. You know, John Rahm's also another individual who I think that can take this this tournament. I mean, the golf course isn't, you know, it's not crazy hard. There's some difficulty holes. But I like Dustin Johnson. But if, if you asked me a sleeper pick, Dan, and you said, he was maybe someone under the radar that uh, maybe I would place like a bet on. I think Cameron Smith, he's an Australian golfer. Man, the Aussies, the the golfers they're producing uh, lately is incredible. He had a really good outing at the Masters last time. He's a name to be watching that's far as the sleeper pick. But I will say, if you're someone who used to be like me, I just, golf was not my thing, but over the past three years, I've really grown an appreciation for it. First, it's an expensive sport to play. But it's so relaxing. Yeah. I know a lot of people get frustrated when they're not swinging, you know, their 
their chips aren't good, their putts aren't good, their drives aren't good. But overall, it's a relaxing game, especially if you like the outdoors like myself. Golf is an extremely technical sport. Mm-hmm. You you can have everything right. You can have your your hips right, your shoulders right, your your wrists right, your elbows, but your feet could be wrong, and it screws everything else up. And, and I th- think that's why I enjoy watching golf so much is because these are the best of the best in the world. But it all relies on you. It's how you execute. All right, guys, so we're going to get back. We're going to take a little break. Once we return, we're going to talk about the NFL and MLB and what are some transition tags that have been placed on some players and which teams did not decide to transition tag some of their key players. We'll be right back. Show break. Got social media? Give Dan and Drew a follow on Twitter and Instagram at The Dan and Drew Show. We'd love to hear from you. Now, back to the show. All right, so a nostalgic moment. Welcome back to the program, the Dan and Drew Show now. Remember, the Dan and Drew Show just sounds so nice. Rolls off the tongue. Actually, and it's nice to have my name in the uh, intro now. Uh, for, for a long time, it was just you. Uh, but NFL news, first and foremost, Dak Prescott. Finally. The Dallas Cowboys, you did right. America's team signed Dak Prescott to a, a four-year, $160 million deal. Another thing about this is we'll talk about tags, but the Cowboys tagged him because in his new contract, he mm-hmm. said, you need to tag me because I don't want to get tagged again. How the tag rules and stuff that, you know, it's all confusing. Dane spoke about it a couple episodes ago. Dallas Cowboys, they needed to sign Dak Prescott though. And yep. I understand it's a ton of money. $40 million is a lot of money to be paying a quarterback. I agree though that they needed to sign him. But at the same time, look at Tom Brady in, in Tampa Bay. What is he doing? Winning Super Bowls. He's winning Super Bowls. And guess what? His contract doesn't even touch a can. It doesn't even hold a flame to what Dak Prescott's going to be making. And they are vastly different. Tom Brady, he doesn't need the money. And he said, I'm willing to take a pay cut so we can win a Super Bowl. And I think that's the mindset with Tom Brady. And that's what Mike Evans talked about this year. I will take a pay cut if we can get the band back together and Mm -hmm. win a Super Bowl. Because at the end of the day, these football players, they won a Super Bowl. And uh, Trent Brown discussed it um, with his Twitter because he played for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. He went to the Raiders for money. Yep. And now he's being traded back to the Patriots. And he said on Twitter, I, this I'm paraphrasing. He said, it's not all about money. And it's a, and you're fooling yourself if you think it is. Well, and you got to love where you are. And he did not have he success didn't. in Oakland. I don't think he liked being there. I think he needed to go back to New England to create some more structure but let's talk to as, as far as like transition tags and stuff, because there's some key players that got tagged. There's some key players that didn't. And then we'll talk about some releases. Now, mm-hmm. what I, I want to focus on, Dan, I don't know who you have on your list or whatever. I want to focus on the important players. There are going to be some individuals that we missed here and there. We're just going to talk about the substance of this. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they tagged Cam Robinson. They needed to, though. Uh, what? I mean... I think that was the biggest prize for me. Uh, Why? Frankly, because of how much money he's making. Yeah. He's got an injury problem, Drew. And his talent is not, he's not an exceptional talent. Now, we know how important a left tackle is. And so he is, you know, I guess a little step above mediocre. I just think of how much the tag is for a tackle because the way tags work for offensive linemen, it's the same average for all of them. Now, mm-hmm. as a tackle, it's high, but. A guard like uh, the Washington football team, you talked about that when you were doing franchise tag. You're talking about Brandon Sheriff? Yeah. yeah. And it, he's sitting pretty because he's a guard, but he's going to be making the average of an offensive lineman. So his 
he's getting paid pretty. Uh, but I was awfully surprised by Jacksonville. They they need to though because you're going to draft Trevor Lawrence. You have to have someone that that knows that first of all, it's been in the league for a little bit. He's been riddled with injuries. If you draft a rookie, that's going to be incredible, incredibly difficult yeah, to, to plug him in right I away. Agree. I, I think it's an insurance thing. If you're going to have a rookie quarterback, you need to have a veteran left tackle there mm. for his blind side. But the Carolina Panthers as well, Taylor Morton, another offensive lineman that the Panthers decided to tag. They need to solidify that offensive line because it is not good. So you might as well be able to keep a key piece within that itself. I don't know if that's really uh, maybe an upgrade as far as should we save cap or should we value a player that knows the system? Pros and cons to it. In this franchise tag recap, I actually went back to my show notes uh, when we did the franchise tag episode, and I just went down and did all of the players that I listed to be tagged, and I had 13 players, and I hit on seven of those 13. It's pretty good. I, I, I said the Bears would tag Allen Robinson. I said the Broncos would tag Justin the, Simmons. Justin Simmons. The Bucks. I said it depends on if they want to go offense or defense. They want offense. So I Chris was Godwin. Correct. Yeah. Chris, I was correct on that one. They signed Levante David like I said they should. I was surprised the Chargers. They didn't tag Hunter Henry just because of how cheap it is and an asset he is. The Bengals, they didn't tag anyone, which was also a surprise. So yeah. Carl uh, Lawson's now on the market. Mm-hmm. He's uh, going to be... He's gonna, he's a lot of people are going to want suitors. Yeah, a yeah. lot of people are going to want him. Uh, the Cowboys, I said they don't need to tag Dak. They need to sign him, which they did. Well, they did both. They, they tagged were, him yeah. and signed him. But that was that was a tech. That was a formality. That yeah. wasn't um, a true tag in the sense that he's playing on a tag next year. The Jets, they signed Marcus May, or they tagged. They him, tagged him. Me. Yeah. Uh, the Lions, they didn't tag Galladay. Which my thought is, who is golf going to throw the ball to? Exactly, and he's, he's going to be the best he's not, wide receiver. He's not going to stay in, in Detroit. There's no way. Why wouldn't he go to a team that's better? Mm-hmm. He'll Man, be, shoot, go to Green Bay. You'll play better <laughs> with Aaron Rodgers up there. He and he's probably quite happy they didn't tag him because yeah. now he's going to get a great contract somewhere else. Uh, the Packers, I said, they don't like to tag players, and I was right, they didn't do so. They're hoping to sign a contract for Aaron Jones. The Rams, I said that it's just too expensive, so they didn't tag anyone as well. The Ravens didn't tag anyone. I thought they would tag one of their either linebackers or defensive linemen, but they didn't. Steelers also didn't tag anyone. And the Titans, I'm surprised they didn't tag John New Smith, but with their cap situation, I think it was a wise decision. But I, uh, of all the tags, so like I said, I had 13. I hit on seven of those 13. And it, it made me think, you know, Leonard Williams of the Giants, he's the only front seven on the defense of any team that was tagged. So all those teams out there that need pass rush help, you know, they're, they're all quite available. happy. They're, they are so happy right now that there was a plethora, like the Ravens and the and the Bengals and the Bucks, like they didn't tag on the defense. So if you're a defensive lineman or a pass rush, you're happy because you're going to get paid. But if you're a team who needs that help, you're going to have some suitors alongside with you. Yeah, Daniel talked about the Bucks tagging Chris Godwin. That's a huge, huge plus for them. Unfortunate for Chris Godwin because I'm sure he wanted a big contract, but he's going to be there another year, possibly win another Super Bowl. Jets had to re, they had to sign Marquise May because he's one of their best defenders, especially with trading Jamal Adams to Seattle. Leonard Willems been on that front seven for the Giants. We talked about last week that they have a really good front seven that keeps it intact. The Saints at the very last minute they decided to tag Marcus Williams. That's a big safety that mm-hmm. they needed to keep, especially but, with that defense having issues you, later but, on in the season. But, but that, you know what that shows us: the cap situation means nothing in this league. They, yeah, they finalized the numbers yesterday, $182 million, which we said a couple of weeks ago that was reported and it was confirmed yesterday. 
But you have the Saints who have the worst cap situation, and they just tagged a safety. It's like eleven or twelve million dollars. Yeah, it's a it, it's a huge price to pay for someone. First of all, he's not even top five safety in the league, in my opinion. One of the best safeties in the league, though, Justin Simmons, going back to Denver. Mm-hmm. Bears getting Allen Robinson, huge. And I remember John. John's been on the podcast before. He texted me. He's like, dude, the Bears did it. And I said, yeah, you guys needed to. You what? couldn't afford to let him walk. You need to have him. Yeah, but they really can't afford to keep him either. I mean, like, yeah, but he's the best. He's I, the best yes, player on the I, offense. I know. And that's great. Just who's going to be throwing the ball to him? That's what I want to know. Some of the players that I'm, I'm very shocked that weren't tagged or honestly, no, more shocked that they were released. Vikings released Dan Bailey. I know he's not one of the best kickers in the league. He's had some issues. Falcons not keeping James Carpenter, their guard, or one of their guards. Cardinals not keeping Zane Gonzalez as well. I think that they want to go a different direction as far as their kicker. Yeah, he's getting older, too. I, I, he's getting older, but at least he's been in the league. It's You need to have a kicker. This These past couple of years have proven you have to have a kicker in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Seahawks not keeping Carlos Dunlap defensive end. Now, what I will believe what's going to happen is that they're probably going to sign him. They cut him because it saves them $14.1 million on the cap space. They could possibly backload his contract. So they say, you know what, we'll sign you, but this year you're only getting, you know, six or $7 million. But we're going to put the majority of your contract on the back end yeah. when the salary cap well, goes back up. And a lot of what a lot of teams are doing now, because, you know, the cap space means nothing is that you will see teams doing voidable years. So it allows them, okay, if a player signs a five-year contract, well, the past, the last two or three years will be voidable to, to save those teams money in in the event that they're stuck in a, in a contract situation with the cap space, they can just release a player. So speaking of release players, yesterday, Emmanuel Sanders, it was announced the Saints released him. Uh, the Titans released Malcolm Butler. Their uh, best defensive player. He was their best defensive player last year. And I was, you got to be real confident in your secondary, yeah. which their defense was crap last year. That's the reason why they lost in the playoffs. Um, but to, Sa- saved him $10 million, it, mm-hmm. but he was the best corner on the team. Yep. Adoree Jackson was hurt majority of the year. That was the injury that was kept secret for a long time. We still don't know what the reason was. Kristen Fulton, their second round pick. He didn't play virtually at all last year because of injury. So, Malcolm Butler, he's your best cornerback, and you let him go. And it costs $10 million. So you have to ask, Dan, is that $10 million they're saving going to be going after someone like Carl Lawson? Because Carl Lawson, he was not tagged by by mm-hmm. Cincinnati, and that was a big surprise around and, the league. And Shaq Barrett, you know, I the, the Bucks tagged Godwin. They signed David. I don't think they're going to have enough money to keep Shaq. So he's another one. Mm-hmm. Um, Bud Dupree, I think, is, uh, I'm not sure the logistics on that one, but if you're in need of a pass rush, which the Titans are, yeah, this is, um, you're freeing up that cap space just like the Panthers have done, which I think they will get Deshaun Watson. But speaking of the Titans, Isaiah Wilson was traded to Miami. The Dolphins and the Titans decided to swap seventh-round picks in order to acquire Isaiah Wilson. This is a win-win for both teams right now. Tennessee gets rid of a problem child. They also save some cap space. Miami takes a large gamble that could, you know, possibly pay off. Who knows? And all they did was just swap picks. My issue and concern is if he partied and got into a lot of trouble in Nashville, do you really think Miami is going to help him? <laughs> maybe, maybe Brian Flores, a.k.a. Flo, 
Maybe he knows something we don't know. They went to the same high school in upstate New York. said that. I'm like, what does that have to do? They're not even near the same age. Yeah. What does that have to do? They went went to the the same same high school together, man. Oh, okay. His life is going to be completely changed because they have some high school roots. Congratulations. With with Isaiah Wilson, it, it brings us back to last week when we released our mock draft. And people have the audacity to chirp me in the comments. If you hey, want to chirp me, go right bring the, bring the haters. We R- like br- it. You know, haters are my motivators, right? And in the draft, I had the Dolphins taking Panay Sewell with their first of two first-round picks. Makes sense to me. Makes sense. And someone said, that was stupid. Why would I do that? Well, by this trade, by the Titans, I feel a little bit of validation. That they, they traded for an offensive lineman, which is a first-round offensive lineman. Yeah. He was picked 26 last year by the mm-hmm. by the Titans. Uh, we didn't agree with that pick. We we thought it was um we, we they were reaching, especially he was a project case. And yeah, and he only was, had four snaps this past season. <laughs> so we're not going to rehash that. But you know, go ahead, chirp me in the comments. You know, at the Dan and Drew show on Instagram and Twitter. That's yeah, fine. See, see our mock draft post, and I love that people. They they said, well, this pick is stupid. I'm like, who who are you picking? Yeah, go ahead. Well, show yours. Who do who do you guys want? Because if you think that you're going to get freaking Najee Harris or something in the later round of the draft, it's probably not going to happen. Some of the our picks, we also said in the podcast last week, this is based off not having trades. These are teams staying put. We understand there's going to be trades going on. But don't sit there and bark in the comments and say, you guys are stupid for saying this. That's fine. We'll also let us know who you want to draft because we need some clicks, all right? I was I was hot on my pick. I mean, and the Dolphins, they trade, like you said, if you got a problem partying in Nashville, if you think it's going to get any better in Miami. Uh, again, I hope Isaiah Wilson turns his life around. But players who were signed, Mika Hyde signed a two-year deal, safety for the Buffalo Bills. That was a huge piece they needed to retain. Mm-hmm. Talked about Dak Prescott, $160 million. Oh, my gosh, dude. It's a ton of money. And the Bucks re-signing Levante David, as Dan alluded to, two years, $25 million. That's a lot for a linebacker. I'm not going to lie. And he's a little older but they needed to solidify that linebacking core. Shaq Barrett might not be able to return. If he does, probably going to have to take a hometown discount. And then here are my players that are not tagged. That I was a surprise. You talked about Aaron Jones, Johnu Smith, Carl Lawson, uh, Joe Tooney of the you know the Patriots, their guard, one of the best guards in the entire league. He's going to get a lot of money. Hunter Henry, why do the Chargers decide not to re-sign him? Who knows? And then you talked about the Ravens, Yannick Ngakwe and Matt Judon. They did not, not either one of them got tagged. That's, that's a surprise in itself. Yep. Juju was not t- tagged by the Steelers. Kenny Galladay. And then also Trent Williams of the 49ers. I understand he's old. He's a little hurt. He went from tackle to guard, blah, blah, all this stuff. He's going to get a contract somewhere because he is still talented, has a lot of experience, and he's a big guy. Before we transition to MLB news, which it's so nice to be able to talk about that. I saw an article, I think it was by Peter King, and he made a great point with Russell Wilson that Russell Wilson is not going anywhere for people who think that somehow the Seattle Seahawks are going to trade him. And here's they're why. They're not that stupid. Or they're not that stupid, but there's a bigger picture here. Russell Wilson, if they trade him, will be a $39 million cap hit. For them? For them. Ooh, $39 million cap hit. So that right there in and of itself, that doesn't make any sense. But I did see that Seattle only has one pick in the top 125 picks in the draft this year. They pick at number 56. Because they gave all their picks to New York. To New York, yeah. One pick in the top 125. It's going to be a while. That's why you better kill it in free agency. And that's why mm -hmm. not signing Carlo or not tagging Carlos Dunlap 
doesn't make sense. But like I said, I also think they're going to sign him. I think they didn't want to hit the 14 million cap hit this year. They're going to backload a contract. uh, It's going to be hard to uh, fix that defense when you only have one pick in the top 125, but you can't, you can't trade Russell Wilson simply because of his talent, but $39 million cap hit. uh, That's you can't do that. But MLB news. Go ahead, and, go ahead, Drew. Kick us off because you played baseball growing up. I, I did. I, I, I you played a season. I played a season. I shared that story before, and I was absolute poo poo. Uh, but something my mom made me do, and I'm happy I did it. Now I have a great story, and I, I really sucked at it. But Drew, you played. I remember watching you. We uh, every Saturday we were doing. Uh, I was sitting on the bleachers, travel ball. Uh, you played in school, and my one of my favorite memories playing baseball growing up is after games. You guys brought me Zaxby's. <laughs> I freak. I was telling about that the other day. What? To one I of the do coaches. not remember that. Oh, I remember that. I we'd eat Zaxby's in the parking lot after my game. I was telling one of my other coaches that I, that I do lacrosse with. I was telling him that was my childhood memory. Is that every time after a game you guys came with some Zaxby's? What does that say when your most treasured memory is the? No, no, that's not my most treasured. I'm just saying uh, that's an aspect that I loved growing up is playing baseball and knowing that my parents were going to come through with some Zaxby's and some. You know, Texas toast and some Zach sauce. It was delicious. And I'm happy to talk about MLB because the very first memory I have for a pro team was when we lived in San Diego yep. and went to a Padres we, game. Went to the Padres game. They played the St. Louis Cardinals. That's when Tony Gwynn and Albert Pujols were playing together on the same field. Okay, so you you know more I remember exactly. I we were sitting in left field. We were with our class. Mm-hmm. We had our little plastic gloves that yeah. were our free gifts coming yeah, in the stadium. Yeah, exactly. And at that time, I do remember this. At that time, you know, we now they give out like they give out bobbleheads and, and towels now, but they yeah. actually gave out gloves for kids. And I was again, I'm left-handed, and I remember <laughs> as a kid trying to walk around the stadium, trying to find a gate that had left-handed gloves. Because I'm like, what? What the heck am I going to do with a right-handed glove? But I, that was my very first sports pro sports memory was going to a Padres game as a kid. Got to see Tony Gwynn, one of my all-time favorite athletes. He complete. He dominated. The MLB. Unfortunately, he's passed away. Passed away. But yeah. MLB just announced that they're going to hold an annual Lou Gehrig Day, which is going to be held on June 2nd. I love when Major League Baseball loves to honor uh, people within the game that revolutionize how today's game is played. Lou Gehrig being one of those individuals. What a Hall of Famer. What a player. What, even a better person. It's unfortunate when he went through. But yeah, we do had, get to remember him every single year on June 2nd. Yeah, because, you know, he had Lou Gehrig's disease, which we know as is ALS. Yeah. For for those, you know, the ALS bucket challenge that we had. Uh, yeah, ice couple, bucket challenge, which yeah. the amount of money that was raised for that is incredible. Yeah, it's yeah. it's donated mm-hmm. a lot to research, which helps cases like, you know, Lou Gehrig's disease and, you know, also known as, you know, ALS, as Dan spoke of. Jackie Bradley Jr., two years, $24 million with the Milwaukee Brewers. In my opinion, he's a top five defensive player in the outfield. And I think that this, and just like when he was with Boston, Jackie Bradley Jr. was not there for his bat. He was not there for, for you know, him to get RBIs, mm-hmm. to to drive people in. He, no, he was there for his defense, mm-hmm. and he thrived. Him, when him and Mookie Betts were together in, in Boston, when they were playing center field and right field, good luck scoring on them. But it, he was actually the last... He's really the last big domino to fall for free agency. Mm-hmm. You talk about Mookie Betts and Jackie Bradley and Andrew Benetton. He was also traded that the, world series ha, team. Yeah. Half the, half gone. the world series team is gone. I think JD Martinez is one of the only players and he left. wanted to stay there. And he did. He said, I want to stay in Boston. And I think has. it works well for him because he's, um, he's takes a the attention off. Huh? 
Well, I was going to say he's, it takes the attention off of him. Well, it takes the attention off now, but he's a Miami kid. And, you know, they do spring training down in Florida, so it works well for him. He's Fort Myers, up. Florida. That's where the Red Sox are. I was there a couple of weeks ago when I visited my in-laws. I just missed spring training by a couple of weeks. And I was like, dang, man, I really want to watch the Red Sox. They're, they're, I don't know. Boston, they're going to have a tough year. That's a well, tough division. Tough division. Uh, the American League side, it's going to be a little easier than the NL side. The National League has decided that they're not going to do a designated hitter this year. You know, they did it special for COVID situation, a shortened season last year. I wish that the National League would get on get on board. But that's doing, what I love about it is because they don't have I know, a DH. It, I, I know it, you like it for the strategy behind yes, it. Yes, I love it. But th- this is why. Baseball is known as America's pastime. The reason why it's called America's pastime is because this sport was made for radio. It was to pass the time. I hope you're getting to a point because to me, I don't see the correlation of what that has to do with the DH. Because I'm getting to it. If you would, you know, stop making faces at me (laughs) is that we need to revolutionize the game of baseball. So you need to speed up the game. And you need to have these big hitters. Look at the New York Mets situation. The Mets have so much power behind the bat, but they can't use it this year because now they're down at, you know, down a batter because they have to put their freaking pitcher in there. So, so what, what does that have to do with anything? The, the I'm thing saying is, that and you're if saying you want, if you want to draw an audience, give the audience something to look at. And having a designated hitter on the NL side would do great for viewership. So not only do you need to no. speed up the game, Make it so that it's actually watchable. Ver- Wait, oops. Instead of just listen, make the game watchable and also put some power behind the backs. The NL is superior this year. There's no disputing that. You're not disputing with me on that, right? The National League is far better than the AL. I would agree. Okay, so let, let's put some power behind the bat. So let me, let's put a DH in there for the NL. All right, slow your roll. Let I'm, me ask you I'm this. You, the, you, the best, you, you let, made those faces and you pissed me off. The best hitter. Let, tell me if, if I said, Dan, give me the best hitter in Major League Baseball. What do you think that their, their batting average is? The best hitter. Like, think, what would you think is a, a world-class batting average right now? Well, I mean, uh, you know, 500 is not going to happen. But, no. But so let's just, four, do average. let's just four. do 333. Okay. So you're telling me I was gonna say four hundred, but we'll do no four hundred. That's get out of here. <laughs> no one's hitting. You said great, and and no, no, I'm talking about in today's baseball. It's okay. not like it used to okay. be. Okay, uh, say three fifty. No, even then, that's still. Let's do three thirty three because I even think the best hitter in the MLB will probably have that. You're telling me that this person is gonna get three hits out of ten at bats. That is the best hitter in them in Major League Baseball, roughly. You putting a pitcher in there is not going to change anything. They're just going to hit two less hits, probably. A, a good pitcher will hit it one out of ten times. So your argument sitting here, hey, let's take out you know the designated hit, or you want to implement it. Let's take out these pitchers hitting the ball and put in someone that's that's world class and that people want to see. And this has nothing to do with America's pastime. Pitchers get out faster than they do with normal batters. Yes. So thank th- you. You know, I understand that pastime like argument I is said- crap. No, it's not crap because I'm saying make the game more watchable. It is watchable. I love watching pitchers struggle. And I also love watching people like Bartolo Colon hitting dingers out in San Diego. I mean, he was. I love seeing Madison Bumgarner. Hey, and you know, he's a local boy. I love seeing him 
being able to hit dingers as well. You and I have a different perspective we on, do. On, on baseball. Because this is you why played we it, You played it for a long time. That's fantastic. You're excellent. Woo, hey, you brought do. it up. I didn't I bring that up. I brought it up well, because you. I like baseball. But I think that having a four-hour baseball game is, is Dan, ludicrous. That, Dan, this has... This four-hour game has nothing to do with the pitcher hitting the ball or not hitting no, the ball. No, it doesn't. But if you're what are you going to scratch? Maybe five minutes. But if you're going to make someone sit there for four hours, give them someone to watch. Yeah, I don't want to. I see love a watching pitcher the strike out. Dan, there there are people who are getting paid millions and millions of dollars who are striking out. Look at Aaron Judge in New York. Well, he's striking know, out. Well, that's when he's playing because he's usually injured. I'm just saying he's either striking out or he's hurt. But. This argument of you wanting to implement the DH, get out of here. That's no. what makes the NL so good. And and I love because when it comes to the World Series, guess what? You have to adapt. I know. When you this. go to an NL ballpark, you got to put your pitcher in. You go to an AL, you get a designated hitter. I love that. I hope that. you're talking to our listeners, not me, because I'm getting a lecture on something I already know about. Well, I'm just I'm just educating you. I don't I'm, need to be educated. I'm giving I'm you well a refresher. Educated. How about that? I'm giving no. you a refresher. I, Anyways, that that was a, God, that turned into an argument rather than just saying the NL is not going to be using a designated hitter this year. Yeah, but year. you you got you got you know I got poked the wrong way, Lord. Well, relax, poke it's the okay. Bear, you get bit, I guess. Yeah, that that, that uh, segment got a little heated, but I do accept your apology, Dan, for being so no apology uh, given, no apology given, so aggressive to me. But anyways, we'll be right back on the other side. We're going to talk about March Madness and some teams that may or may not make it. Let's get back at it. It's time for more of the Dan and Drew Show. Now, the teams, as far as Dan, we know that March Madness, the selection show, is going to happen this Sunday because right now there are, you know, conference championships, one that have already taken place, but there are some that are currently going on this week. So when Sunday comes up, there's going to be some surprises and there's going to be some like, hey, these are kind of guarantees. But the teams that are in right now, as of today, we have Liberty App State, which is Appalachian State, not Appalachian for people who are not local. Appalachian, okay? Winthrop, Drexel, Cleveland State, Loyola, Chicago, which who knows, maybe they'll make another run this season. They made one a couple years ago, went pretty deep, Sweet 16. Mount St. Mary's, Moorhead State, and UNCG, a.k.a. my alum. Now, here are some teams that they're not going to make it, but here are some teams that maybe normally makes the tournament, the big dance. I got one. Okay. I well, don't talk about it. All right, it's a four-letter word. I already know you're going to say it. Just wait. So in Cincinnati, Temple, UCF, Dayton, Notre Dame, Miami, Kansas State, Ohio State, Xavier Butler, Marquette, Georgetown, Wisconsin, Maryland, Michigan State, big one, Indiana, Penn State, Murray State, Stanford, Utah, Washington. That's a lot of teams. Yeah. But, but those are teams that are normally in the tournament. Those are teams that we can normally, hey, these teams are on our bracket. Maybe they'll go deep. Maybe they won't. I think those right there are locks that they are not going to make it unless they win their conference championship in the tournament. I don't think they're going to they're going to make it. And then there are two teams that are going to be surprises to me as far as who they are. Not necessarily surprises that they won't make it because I don't think they will. And that's two blue bloods. That's Kentucky and Duke. Mm. These teams right now. They're, they're not playing good basketball. You know, we are, we're Southern boys. I mean, we grew up on the West Coast, but, you know, we live in the South now. And we love the South. College basketball is a big deal down here. And UNC and Duke are the, the best basketball rivalry and one of probably the top, I don't know, 10, at least top 10 rivalries in all of sports. Yes, all of sports. And that includes even international. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Duke and Carolina. Eight miles apart. Eight miles apart. They're both great, beautiful campuses, both. We, we've been to both of them. And and Duke, unless you win the tournament, 
the ACC tournament, you're not going to be in the big dance, buddy. No. You, this will be the first time since 1995 that Duke will miss mm-hmm. the tournament. And in the ACC tournament, they're in the first round. And they haven't been in the first round since 2007. And this is the worst seeding that they've ever had in history. Yeah, they, they are not good this year. And Duke hasn't played anyone good non-conference. They got U- walloped by uh, UNC. The, they, they just the said a couple, couple of days ago. And they got swept by UNC this year. The reason why their non-conference isn't good is due in large part because they canceled it. Duke said, hey, we're not going to risk traveling and mm-hmm. possibly catching COVID and putting our students in jeopardy, so we're going to cancel it. Kentucky, they're just straight garbage. Wolf. <laughs> Last time they missed uh, this tournament was 2013 after winning it all in 2012. And the last time, like you said, Dan, was 1995 for Duke. The selection show is, you know, Sunday. It's going to be interesting. Yes, COVID has played a large part in, in team success or even failure, but every team has to adapt. And the programs with the most wins in history are Kentucky, Kansas, UNC, and Duke in that order. And half of those teams are not going to make the tournament unless they win their, their conference championship this week. Yeah. And, and I don't see Duke well, coming could, close in the ACC. I, I don't see Duke making I think Carolina could make it. Like they, they're going to make it. Uh, they have some good, they have yeah. some, you know, they have some okay wins. Not like previous seasons where they've, they're upsetting teams in top five, top 10. But they'll make the big but, dance. But not to have Duke and Kentucky in March Madness. Ooh, There's a lot just, of fans out there that are really happy. We're not going to say our opinion. No. We're not going to say our opinion. That's There are going to be people out there. We got some, <clears> some new blood are, out there. They're going to be extremely happy not to see Kentucky and Duke. It just won't be the same, though. You, if you're I mean, a Tar Heel fan, not, you're sad yeah, not to see If you're Duke. a Tar Heel fan, <laughs> you're happy. If you're you know, a Vols fan, you're happy because you don't see Kentucky in there. Not seeing Coach K in the big dance is going to be very, uh, it's going to be shocking because they've been there for so long. Again, the last time since 95. And Coach Calipari not being in there either for Kentucky. These are two Hall of Fame coaches that have revolutionized college basketball and they won't be a part of it. But then maybe we'll get some new teams that'll come in there. Maybe, maybe a team that normally isn't in the Final Four will make a run and end up winning the national championship. Maybe they'll get two trophies since they didn't give one last year. Maybe they'll double up. Who knows? But having those lists of teams that I mentioned, starting with Cincinnati at the top and finishing with with Kentucky and Duke, there's a lot of solid teams in there over the past couple, 10, 15 years who have had good runs within the tournament that we won't see. We're probably going to see a lot of lower tier teams in this tournament and it might be a shocker who ends up winning it all. I, I, I will say just um, something I noticed. The fact that we have March Madness with 64 teams involved shows that we are going back to normalcy. You know, sports with the whole COVID thing last year, it took a big impact on not only professional sports, but also collegiate sports. Yeah. And the fact that we're going to have 64 teams, like we're getting back to normal life, will, which is a great thing. The biggest thing, too, is th- all this is going to be played in Indianapolis. They're not going to be traveling all over the country like they're used to, where you have the the Southeast Conference and the mm-hmm. Eastern Conference, all that stuff, like the size of the bracket. No, this is all in Indianapolis. So teams and players not having to travel, therefore they're getting more rest. Their their schedules are going to be more consistent. This is, I think it's going to be a hard-fought battle for the national championship this season within college basketball. I just look forward to filling out my bracket and watching uh, – Buffett, give me a billion dollars. Yeah, Warren Buffett. Uh, good I'm, luck with that. I'm taking it all, baby. 
But that's it for the Dan and Drew show today. Again, this is the first episode as a new name, new logo, all things sports. Thank you guys for joining us this far. If you've made it since episode one until now, we appreciate the love. Got anything else to add, Dana? Just uh, we got Players Championship this weekend. Selection Sunday is obviously on Sunday. Drew, I hope you have a great rest of your day on your birthday. Yeah, happy. Hey, I hope you have a really good <laughs> oh, birthday so, too. That's Man. so kind. That's so nice. So Thank you. But hey, my wife's actually picking us cake up. So uh, we have a local spot here. We can't. Uh, I'm excited to be. No, in. don't spoil it. I thought she was going to make it, but she's going to buy it. That's fine. I'll take it. Oh, I don't know what I'm getting though. Spoiler alert. But anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you next Thursday. Much love. Thanks for listening to the Dan and Drew show. Catch all our episodes anywhere you find your podcasts. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at the Dan and Drew show. We'll catch you next week for your weekly hit on all things sports. Signing off.